Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! We're getting closer. What's up, everybody? Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We are back in Missoula, Montana. Happy to be back home. Happy to be here with you. Can't tell you how much fun and how much gratitude I have in my heart and in my soul for what was what a great fun time it was in Anaconda, Montana yesterday. There's all sorts of great towns throughout the state of Montana. Anaconda's always had a certain mystique to me. My, my dad, throughout my whole life, I guess when I was a kid and throughout my parents' younger years, my, my old man was, uh, he worked at the underground mines and that brought my parents all over the place to booming metropolises like Urington, Nevada and Oxbow, Oregon and Ely, Nevada. And eventually then uh, we moved to Montana because of sort of a diversification of what my father was doing. But I've always had an affinity in my heart for the mining towns, the smelting towns, the the working class towns where, you know, they have so much rich history where people had to work for a living. So it's great being in Anaconda yesterday. We appreciate the JFK bar for hosting us. And thanks to all of the people that showed up and, and hung out with us and cheered us on. We got, a, we got an ovation at the end of the, the broadcast yesterday. So that was pretty cool, pretty humbling. And, uh, the best week of the year, it rolls on here today. We uh, are in the midst of it, the thick of it, state championship week across the state of Montana. Of course, state championships at the high school level for high school football. And, of course, the state championship, the rivalry. And in this case, the battle for the outright Big Sky Conference championship plays out in Missoula on Saturday afternoon. High noon will be the time for the kickoff between Number four, Montana State at number three, Montana. First time they've been ranked in the top five simultaneously in the 122-year history of this rivalry. So we will keep on breaking down all things Bobcats, Grizzlies, and the rivalry plus the Big Sky Conference. A bunch of great guests for you today. We're going to get things kicked off with the big human, Mike Kramer, one of our resident historians when it comes to the Big Sky Conference and a guy who coached in this rivalry game Uh, Between 2002 and 2006, he famously or infamously, depending on which side of the streak you're on, snapped the streak, helped Montana State snap the streak in this one. But Krams, he follows the Big Sky across the board now these days in his retired days. So we'll talk all things Big Sky Conference football with Mike Kramer right off the top. We're also going to hear from Jordan Tripp, former Grizz All-American linebacker. I still call him Jordy. That's what we called him growing up his whole life. So Jordy will join us in studio with us about 4.30 we're also going to have Sean Sampson, Montana State All-American Center, join us about 5.30. And in between that, we'll talk some high school football, some state championships, specifically 
the historic nature of the run by the Florence Falcons. They are gunning for their third straight Class B state championship. They uh, play at Manhattan on Saturday. So we'll break that down in our Bitterroot Breakdown. And we also will hear from Brooks Nuanas. All football all the time. Usually an NFL betting segment, but this one will be way more rivalry game heavy. So we'll break down the line for the Montana-Montana State game. We'll also guess some of the lines for this weekend in the NFL. So certainly uh, jam-packed Thursday here during rivalry week on Nuanas. Now, if you want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com or you can always find us on the ESPN MT app, except not today. Grizz Hockey is on the road. So um, whenever they're on the road, uh, we um, we don't have the app ability. So um, when they're back, we will certainly be back up on the app. If you want to be a part of the show, please text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888 888- one zero two nine, and all guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can call or text anytime, so so please do. Uh, nothing to give you for free today, but uh, we certainly have all sorts of prizes. Usually, most of the time. So, um, if you want to be a part of the show, four zero six eight 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 one zero two nine. Anticipating Mike Kramer, I just texted him, Andrew, so I told him if he can give us a call, that would work because sometimes I know he has a hard time uh, getting through or we have a hard time getting through to him because a lot of times he's out there riding the tractor. He's living out there uh, in eastern Washington, living the farm life. So uh, efforting Mike Kramer. But in the meantime, uh, all sorts of fun content for you coming up. Uh, We already have a whole bunch of fun content for you, skyonsportsmt.com. We're a little bit more than halfway through our matchup series. We identify every week or uh, every rivalry week throughout the year. We identify six or seven of the primary matchups within this rivalry football game between the Cats and the Grizz. And then we break them all down. We write about all of them. So the ones that are up there right now, Tom Stewart wrote about the special teams matchup between the Cats and the Grizz. Andrew Houghton wrote about Montana State's quarterbacks dealing with the hostility that certainly shall be existent in Washington Grizzly Stadium. Tom Stuber wrote about uh, the Grizz wide receivers who are a star-studded bunch against the Bobcats secondary. And Andrew Houghton wrote about Clifton McDowell's first start in the rivalry game. I also have matchup stories coming up about Brent Vegan versus Bobby Houck. That's always a huge one in this uh, rivalry game. The head coaches, not necessarily who's going to out-coach who, because I think both these guys are outstanding head coaches. More like, what does it mean for their legacies within the scope of this rivalry? So that one's coming up. And then, of course, tomorrow afternoon we'll have the number one matchup in this game when it comes to the the X's and O's, the personnel in this game. It's Montana State's vaunted rushing attack versus the Grizz league-leading rushing defense. So all those coming up, Skyline Sports. MT.com. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. We go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. One of my main guys, one of our favorite guys to talk Big Sky football with, Mike Kramer. Longtime coach in the Big Sky Conference and now sort of our resident historian here at ESPN Radio and Skyline Sports. Krabs, good to see you just for half a minute the other week. How you doing, man? Hey, buddy. It's uh, good to be known as a historian because I am really a historic dude. <laughs> Well, you're, you, you know, you got a lot of history in the league, but you're also such a history buff, right? I mean, I've always really appreciated your reverence for history, all things, not just not just college football. I saw something yesterday. If uh, you're a real fan of World War II history and you're you're moving towards uh, old age and a conservative point of view, and I'm not that. So let's let's say uh, I'm a good historian for the Big Sky Conference, having played in it, having coached in it as an assistant coach. As a head coach and having a, been a great fan of it now since 2017. So off we go with the Cat Grizzland. Gotta love it. Well, one one question before we get into the rivalry stuff. I know you were in Bozeman last week to watch uh, Eastern Washington take on Montana State, two programs that uh, you led as the head coach during certain periods uh, in your career. So what did you think of the Bobcats? I mean, the Bobcats were on a mission last week, 41 points before the midway point of the second quarter. So what did you think of Montana State last week? Well, it's the, really the first time but I've been in the stadium since the stadium was expanded, since they got the West End edition done to BAC. And it was fun to sit in the radio press box uh, with the Eastern Washington uh, announcing crew 
And just taking the whole panorama of what's become Bobcat football since I left way back in 2006, it was, it was exciting. It was a great day. The weather was, was pretty awesome. Um, the Bobcats not only were on a mission, but they looked like they were on a mission. I mean, they were, they left no doubt, no question about what, uh, what, what they want out of this season. And the one impression I had, Coulter, when they got done, was that looked like a playoff team to me. It looked like a home playoff team to me. They were pretty. They played very well. They were very well coached. They were very disciplined. They weren't so strung out by their oh, by their successes that they were you know over the top and elaborate, and no personal fouls or anything like that. They are a team that is really dedicated to avenging what happened to them in the first game of the season. So that was. That was fun to see, and it's, uh, you know, with, with the advent of ESPN+, Plus, I've been able to watch almost every single game this whole season, almost every single team play, and it's been really a good season, but these two teams that face each other on Saturday, this might be about as good as they can both get, given the constraints of everything else that's going around in the world in college football. Absolutely. Mike Kramer joining us here on Duane is now on ESPN Radio. Uh, take us back to the very beginning when you first moved to Montana, because I think people know about your, your history at Montana State, of course, and, and within this rivalry, but you actually spent about half a dozen years in Helena before you then you joined the coaching staff there at MSU when Dave Arnold was the head coach. So when you were coaching at Helena High School, what were sort of your initial first impressions of this rivalry? I'm sure both the Cats and the Grizz were recruiting Helena quite a bit back then, because they always do. What do you first remember about it landing on your radar? Well, they weren't recruiting our guys. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Sammy and I moved there in 1977, and uh, Gene Carlson was a head football coach at the University of Montana. Of course, Sonny Holland was a head coach at Montana State, and Montana State was coming off a national championship. And the first, you know, this game was always played in the last weekend in October, so it had a little bit different feel to it then because there was still some season to go. There was still some salvation for the team that lost. There was still an opportunity to, to apply yourself to the to, you know whatever advent you wanted to be able to have. So the game really didn't change until they moved this game to the last game of the season, which they did before well before I became the head coach at Montana State. And when it became the last game of the season, and it carries with it all the thrills and spills and and chills of of what what it means in terms of not just the season or the comfort standings but the possibility of postseason, there's been a lot of drama played out in this game. And you go back to all the national championships that the Grizzlies have had, 95 and 01, and every time the Bobcats stood in the way of, of making sure that they didn't have home playoff advantage to be able to get to the to the to to that final game and to the national championship. So uh, it's the, the, the early part of, the, of my career was uh, this game was just an October game. And Sandy and I sat in the stands and enjoyed it, and we didn't have a, any roll of the dice in it. But then in 83, for God's sakes, as a Bobcat assistant coach, it was our only win. But if you're going to only have one, <laughs> you, might as well have the, you might as well have this one. And then again, in, in 84 culture, uh, the Grizzlies under Marty Morningweg led us at halftime uh, 24-12, to 12, I believe it was, and we went on to win 34-24 and shut them out in the second half. But, you know, Marty Morningweg was a really good quarterback. He had led the Grizzlies into the playoffs, and he was in his senior season. It was his last home game at, at Dorn. Not his last home game, but it was a game in October at Dorn Blazer. And uh, it was, you know, I didn't really kind of, you know, I didn't really have a flavor for it until uh, two years later when Washington Grizzly Stadium, Don Reed, and those guys put on a thrashing against us, and uh, we were fired the next week. So <laughs> this game means a lot to me, uh, not only emotionally, but uh, financially, too. So it's come and gone, and it's a, it's a great event for a lot of people, and I'm really looking forward to it this Saturday. Well, it is so interesting because I do think that, that that part, the history you're talking about where the game used to not be the last game of the year, I think that sort of escapes people. That, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I mean, th- this Saturday – it's for all the marbles. It's for the outright Big Sky Conference championship. That's the first time ever. 
Part of that comes with a caveat, though, because this has only been the last game of the year, I think, for 29 years. I think they switched it in 1994 to the final weekend of the year. Uh, it used to be back in, you know, in mid-October. So, I mean, on one hand, it, it, it magnifies the, the the magnitude of the game, right? I mean, it makes it Montana's Super Bowl, and, and no matter what uh, your record is coming into it, you can certainly salvage some form of success within the scope of the season. But... And also, I think it's colored the way that these two teams then head into the playoffs. And we've seen that work in a variety of ways, whether it was Montana State losing in 2021, but then surging through the playoffs, all the championship game, or, you know, there's all these different factors that have come into it. But sometimes, like in this game particularly, I think these are two of the three best teams in the country. One of the two, three best teams in the country is going to lose on Saturday and have that impact their playoff seating. So, I mean, just from a pure national landscape, what do you think of it being the last game of the year? Well, let me ask you a question. I was just thinking about this. If Montana State wins and Montana loses, do the two losses that Montana State have preclude them from hosting all the way to the national championship game? That's number one. Number two, if Montana wins, then it's an obvious a home home field path to the national championship game, and, and really only a few teams in the in the history of uh, FCS football have been able to go on the road and win a national title. We saw one of those teams in 1997 was Youngstown State under Jim Trussell. They won four road games to the national title. So I, I'm asking you, what do you think, Colter? Who has more at stake in this game, Montana State or Montana, in terms of the playoffs? Man, it's a great question. I, I think I'm totally with you. If the Grizz win Saturday, they're the two seed, their home field advantage all the way throughout. They'll be 10 and 1, and I, I think it's, you know, be unquestionable that they're the two seed. Montana State, though, I think that if they win, they could also get the two seed. They'd have to jump Furman. Either one of these teams will have to jump Furman, but both of these teams are going to get significant boosts in their strength of schedule and also have. You know, marquee signature wins by beating each other because either one of them is going to have beat a top three team in the country uh, given the results. So I think that I think either way, the winner gets the two seed. And then I think the loser, it's going to be a different scenario just because of the total losses. That's where I think the total losses will play in. I think if the Grizz lose and they're nine and two, I think they drop to uh, either the five or the six seed. If the Cats lose, and they're eight and three. I think they drop to the six or the seven seed. So, uh, I mean, the, the reasons those things would be impactful is, you know, let's say you're the the Cats win, they get the two, and the Grizz uh, get the six. Well, then they could have a, a path then to go play the three seed, maybe knock them off on the road, and then get a rematch with the Cats. On the other side of that equation, let's say the Cats get the two seed, the Grizz are the seven, or vice versa, the Grizz get the two seed and the Cats fall to seven. You could have a quarterfinal rematch between these two teams as well. That's the other inter- that's the other interesting part. Will the will the committee put these guys on the same side of the bracket? That's the other part that I, I have no idea about. I got you know it used to be a financial consideration. Now it's really not because all the division one money makes so much uh, so much of a difference. But what you're saying and how you're saying it is exactly what we're chewing on about this game. And what what we're not chewing on is we're not chewing about what this means. You know, what, what does this game mean in and of itself? Because there's so many postseason uh, complications and aspirations by both coaching staffs, by both teams, that this game is really just a lap <laughs> in a 1,500-meter sprint. It's just, it's just another inning in baseball. It's just another quarter in basketball because both teams are headed to the postseason regardless of who wins or loses on Saturday. And that's when the real season begins because of the chase to the national title. The Bobcats have had their they've had their appetite whetted by what could possibly happen, right? And of course, the Grizzlies have a legacy of national championships at this level that they have been slugging to get back to for a long time. And congratulations to both coaches and both coaching staffs. But I'm telling you what, I'm, I've seen both teams play in person, and both teams pass the eyeball test. I mean, they look good. I mean, their front guys are good. The offense line is talented. They're not penalty prone. They're both solid in the kicking game. They're outstanding, interesting matchups at quarterback, and both quarterbacks are also not mistake prone. But the uh, the emergence of two young running backs has really kind of been the oh I don't know the the snowflake in the bottle that it, nobody really counted on this season. And Gilman at Montana and um, the Montana State running back core. I mean, this has really made this 
a possibility of not just being a passing game, you know, not just being a, a, a throw of the dice in terms of is the weather going to be good enough for a passing game to be able to be effective because both teams can weather the weather and both teams can defend the run and both teams are excellent in the kicking game and both teams, you know, I just, I think this is the most wonderful matchup between these two teams in a long time. I won't say ever, but I'll say in a long time. Totally agree. Mike Kramer joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. And most days, the ESPN MT app, but not today. That's okay, though. If you want to see uh, us in the studio, <laughs> you can turn it on the, the television screen. Uh, let's talk about then one, one thing that's uh, that's been sort of uh, frustrating is the wrong word, but one thing that I, I haven't really liked about this game, especially in the modern history of it, is how much it can impact the the future of the coaching staffs. That's one thing that I love about this game. Neither one of these staffs is getting fired. Both these guys have done a great job. All the coaches have done a great job. So nobody's job's on the line, and I think that, that removes some of the, the vitriol and some of the fallout that can come from this. But, I mean, what do you think of just sort of the, the legacy building for each one of these coaches? I mean, Coach Vegan uh, is 1-1 one one in rivalry games. Coach Houck now 6-5, and five, which I don't know if a lot of people thought that was going to be the case when he came back, but he's lost uh, 3 out of 4 to Montana State since returning, but does have the big one in Missoula the last time the game was played here. What do you think of this in terms of the way this is going to impact uh, just sort of the narratives around these two coaches, these two staffs? As one of the guys that's been fired as a member of a staff after we lost a game like this, right? it still means a lot to these guys because all these guys are involved in in-state recruiting. All of them carry the, the burden of having to explain what happened, uh, if it's negative, or how it happened, if it's positive, to their recruits and to the potential recruits. And the recruits that we're talking about are not the guys that are seniors. We're talking about freshmen, sophomores, juniors in high school who are trying to see, well, do I fit there or do I fit here? Do I want to be in silver? Do I want to be in gold? What, what do I want to be? And how do I want to be treated? And guess what? Uh, Coach Hout looked at what he was doing and said, this is not good enough. And he totally revamped his coaching staff last season. And a lot of people don't really understand that. And it took them a while to kind of get their mojo going this year. It took them a while to get going. They've won six in a row. But up until that point, it was a struggle. Even after the, after they started their little winning streak here, they were still not quite the team they are today. Whereas Coach Vegan and his staff, pretty experienced, pretty savvy, pretty understanding of what they're facing uh, very, very uh, much characteristic of what Montana State wants to be. Uh, very, very humble in, in how their success has been handled because they also know, having tasted, you know, getting close to a national championship and having gone out to South Dakota State earlier this season and losing by a foot, and call it a foot, right? Um, I, I think you couldn't have two finer coaching staffs in the nation right now facing each other uh, at this time of the year and with all the implications that that brings. They are doing two of the best jobs, uh, not only in the Big Sky Conference, but in the entire football championship subdivision. Mike Kramer joining me, Coulter Nuanas here uh, on Nuanas Now. Uh, how about just uh, between the white lines then, Coach? I mean, the, the, the number one matchup that everybody's gravitating towards, sort of the low-hanging fruit here is the Cat run game versus the Grizz run defense because the Grizz run defense has been lights out against pretty much everybody except the Cats. I guess North Dakota State as well. That's everybody, though. And, uh, the Grizz, <laughs> I mean, the, but the Cats rush offense has been lights out against everybody, including the Grizz. How do you see that one going? It does seem to me like even though the Grizz have a, a similar defensive structure, they are doing a lot of different things defensively, especially with their run fits and their coverages. So uh, how do you see that matchup? How do you break that one down? Well, the the whole concept of, of what college defense is supposed to look like now has been altered by the arrival of the 3-3 defense. Some teams play it all the time. Some teams could morph into it. Some teams play exclusively in a four-man front. But that 3-3 front, uh, where they have two strong safety-type alley guys who can come and off the edge and can use various blitz patterns, has worked to the advantage of, of the Grizzlies because they've used it not extensively, but uh, a lot more than they used to show. Whereas the Bobcats have shown a lot of four-man front, a lot of four-man rush to stop the run. And I, I could not be more impressed with both teams' defensive front. Both teams are deep in their front. They substitute a lot. They play a lot of different guys. They're athletic. They run to the ball. Uh, the MSU linebacking core a little, got a little beat up, but they're all back pretty much now. And the, the Grizzly linebacking core is solid. And, of course, the Grizzlies have always been solid in the secondary as they have had the Bobcats, especially in safety where run support is the big deal. So it kind of boils down 
not kind of, it does boil down to how well the quarterbacks are going to play. Now, I know you were talking about that you guys are going to have a look forward to how everybody's going to handle the noise and the pageantry of the game. Well, look, guess what? These two coaches are going to put a force field around the 100-yard by 53-yard wide field, and there will be no, no uh, type of incident that can alter how those guys play. They're just not going to look at the crowd. They're not going to smell the crowd. They're not going to feel the crowd. The Grizzly guys would be the same way. They're focused on Montana State, not on their crowd, not on playing up to the expectations of their crowd. So while it sounds fun to think about a jam-packed stadium and everybody shoulder to shoulder and guys from Glasgow versus guys from Frenchtown, uh, it, it still comes down to how well between that force field can you play every play all day long for about 150 reps. It'd be fun. Mike Kerber here on Nuanas Now. Okay, last thing for you then, Coach. I mean, you mentioned it's the quarterbacks coming into this thing. Uh, what else? Is there any other determining factors? Or I guess it's. I think this is one of the hardest versions of this game to ever predict. So, uh, yeah, what, exactly. what? I mean, what? What? What are the determining factors? Does it just come down to the quarterbacks playing well? Or I mean, is this a, an art of momentum? What do you think are the keys in this football game? Well, turnovers. Yes, flat out turnovers. Flat or because turnovers predict field position. Field position tells you, you know, how far you have to necessarily be perfect to get to the scoreboard. You know, you get you get a turnover in the, in the plus territory and it's a 40-yard drive for a touchdown, it lessens the opportunities the other team has to stir up the mix, make you uh, make another mistake and hand it back to them. And this game, surprisingly, has been decided in some close contests by turnovers in the final final couple of minutes of the game. And so uh, I, I would eyeball turnovers throughout the ball game. Uh, ball security, where the quarterbacks throw, whether the quarterbacks can throw on rhythm and in time, because really these quarterbacks can throw. Tommy can throw. Uh, the Grizz uh, quarterbacks can throw. And so the throwing game is going to be a part of it. Play action pass, bootleg, um, all the nakeds, all the reverses, trick plays. As long as you don't put the ball on the ground, you can really open this thing up and, and get going in an, in an avalanche scenario. But unless Unless each team is willing to give the ball away, this thing's going to be tight all the way till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Can't wait. Mike Kramer, joining us here on Duane is now ESPN Radio. Graves, thanks for being here, man. Always enjoy it, and uh, have yourself a great weekend. I'm certainly going to be texting you throughout, but uh, thanks for being here today. <laughs> hey, Colter, so much fun to be on with you. Uh, you're doing such a great job bringing life and vitality to uh, the state of Montana and the sport of football and, and all sports included. But it's real, it's real important that I think you understand how you are able to bring the nuances of this game to life for everybody that's listening. So uh, I say to everybody, have a great Cat Grizz game. You're the man. Big Human here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Our rivalry game coverage continues with some legends of the game. First up, Jordy Tripp. University of Montana, All-American, Big Sky High School alum, former number 37, one of the great players to ever play for the University of Montana, and a guy I've known since I was a little kid. Rivalry week continues. Don't change it now. Keep it right here. New on is now. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three, four. 
ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and most days the ESPN MT app, but we're not rolling on the app today. If you do want to stream the show, though, check out the station website, 1029ESPN.com. I'm Colter Nuanis coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company, and our rivalry week coverage continues. Brawl of the Wild by the Mile. Usually we're talking the first look for the opponents for both Montana and Montana State. Guess what? They play each other this week, so we're rolling out all the old school guys, getting all my favorite uh, former Grizz, former Bobcats, including the guy that joins me right now, former Grizz All-American linebacker, former number 37, Jordy Tripp, in studio with us. What's up, dude? I haven't seen you in a while. How you doing? Been a while, hasn't it? It has, it's been man. great. been great. It's that week. It is that it's week, It's that time man. of year, isn't it? Well, wow. Give people the update. Uh, you're back in Missoula. Yes. It, you're, what, what, what are you up to? You got married recently. I Congratulations. Did. Yes, I'm very fortunate. Um, yeah, just recently got married back in Missoula. Great to be back. Um, man, it's a special place, and this is definitely a special time of year, but... Recently, uh, I guess not recently now, it's been over five years, started my own commercial real estate nice. development company and um, doing strictly industrial real estate. And it's going good. About one project a year, not not too much, but it's plenty for me, plenty for me to handle, but definitely get my helping of, uh, of sports and Grizz athletics. So it's great to be back and be able to be a fan. Well, before we talk some memories, then let's talk about this Grizz team. I know you still follow it quite a bit. Uh, I do. How about the turning point for these guys? I mean, they kind of clunked their way through the first month, then they have this loss that has everybody around Missoula freaking out when they lost to Northern Arizona, and then guess what? They haven't lost since. So what would you think of the way they've turned the corner? Yeah, you know, um, every single team has to find their identity, and some teams find it sooner. Some teams don't find it at all. Um, but I think that this year's team has. Um, you know, the culture's the culture, but I think they really found their identity, uh, really balanced attack. They got some wrinkles that they uh, fit into their system. And, and, and I think it was just finally getting the right people in the right place. Um, and then it's all, I mean, every single year, it's you got to get hot at the right time and you got to execute. And I think that, that they're taking care of the ball and they're executing uh, very well um, and very consistently. And I think that's been, I mean, it's a key to success in any team, but I really think that they've found that as of late. But you're a big sky alum. We're both big sky yeah. alums. Number 37, which you wore once upon a time, is now being worn by a big sky boy. Yeah. So, I mean, Levi Janikara represent the number well. That must have made you happy and proud, Absolutely. Though. Absolutely. No, Levi's a great guy, um, great person, but he's a good football player. And um, he's actually, especially the last three weeks, he's he's played better each week, just really consistent. Um, he's been tackling fantastic, playing really physical. Um and the whole defensive crew has. I mean, I watched the whole team, but I really like to watch those guys. Um, and just to see a big sky, Missoula guy, a guy that, that uh, didn't necessarily have anything handed to him, bounced sure. around, um, he had to grind it out. And that's kind of what makes the, the identity and the Montana kid, the Missoula kid for that matter, so special about this team. I mean, it's something that I think that maybe uh, was not present for a, a while here and it's definitely back um and you can see that identity um in the team i mean he's a hungry guy and he plays hard and he plays like he had to go in that spot and uh that's exactly what that number represents jordan trip in studio with me colter nuanas here on nuanas now former grizz all-american linebacker former number 37 as part of our brawl of the wild by the mile series presented by town pump the the distinct montana flavor of the defense this year, it reminds me of the old school, right? I mean, that was the way it was when we were growing up watching the yeah. Grizz. That's the way it was when I was in college. That's the way it was when you were in college. And like you mentioned, they kind of went away from that. At one point, there was only like 25 Montana guys I know. on the Montana Grizzlies. That seems crazy. Now there's 47 this year. There's been as many as 60 since Coach Houck came back. But, I mean, yeah. look at the defense. Pretty much all the guys, besides, I mean, 99 big governor sure. in the middles from yeah. California, but everybody else pretty much from Montana. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have that that uh, Montana tie. I mean, you're always going to have guys from everywhere. I mean, if you can play ball, you want them on your team, right? And then it's adopting that type of culture that we just talked about with Levi. And I think that that type of culture and that identity and that attitude has made its presence uh, back onto the team and definitely back onto the defense. Well, it seems like with the linebackers, too, it's something that stems beyond even just a single coaching staff or a single group of guys. There's just been so many linebackers from Montana 
for for decades. It seems like there's a standard there that people want to uphold. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, in terms of, of, of that standard, when you, especially when you grow up in Montana, I mean, you're, you're one or the other. You're Grizz or you're Cats, and then once you're there, you're there. And you know the teams and players that have preceded that and, yes. and, and the bar that they have set. And you don't want to be the one who lets it down. I mean, you got a standard to uphold. And just like with Levi in 37, I felt the same thing when you got guys like Tim Houck and Jason Crebo and these guys that right. you grow up watching and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's the bar. Like that's the standard. And you said growing up watching these, uh, some of these defenses, that's the standard. You want to raise that bar always. Who was the who are the Grizz guys you looked up to when you were little? Oh man, well, you know the Palmers, of course. I love watching those guys. They were extremely hard workers. I, Jason Crebo. I mean, yep. watch. I mean, those guys. I wasn't able to remember it, but watching old film of like Tim Houck and mm-hmm. those guys. I mean, and then obviously my dad. Of course. I mean, so George's dad, Brian, played there's, for the there's there's there's, as a, well. there's a lot of um, history when you grow up here. The opportunity to watch those generations play and see what they made this place into. Is it wild for you? I mean, Levi Janikaro, we talked to him the other day, and we're doing a big feature on him. We'll actually roll that out next week at SkylineSportsMT.com. But he said you were one of the guys that you looked it's up crazy. to. It's crazy. It's been 10 years, man. <laughs> it's been a decade. Right? It's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> when you first think about this game, what comes to your mind? Like, what what memories do you have? Um, Gosh, where to start? Uh, obviously winning. You know, that's, right. that is a great thing. And, I mean, you never want to lose to these guys ever. You never want to lose a game. Um, but the older you get, you start finding out what's important and what's not. And the teams that can execute and control their emotions um, the best win. And I think that that's something that I remember more now is yeah. be, being able to be even keeled, um, stay on your details, execute so you can play at a high level. And, you know, some of the memories, like my, I mean, our senior year when we went down there. To Bozeman. It, to Bozeman and, and, and had a huge win. And the year preceding that, um, they took it to us. And, man, that, that, you just don't want that taste in your mouth. Um, you want to treat every single game the same, but you get into it, and there's definitely an added level of emotion that, again, the team that controls it the best, I think, is got an edge. Um, those are definitely some of the memories, though. The, your time, Jordan Tripp in studio with us here on Nuanas Now, you registered in 09 then played 2010 through 2013. That's one of the craziest times in the history of the rivalry because the home team didn't win. It was weird. So, right? Cats came in here twice oh, and won. You guys went to Bozeman twice and won. So, two, yeah, so just going through. So 2009, the year, um, so Brock and I, that year, we were true freshmen, Again, went down there, won, sophomore year, came here, and we had the black uniforms, lost. Um, and, I mean, that was just terrible. And then we, I mean, that was one of the most devastating losses in Grizz history. Terrible. that snapped the playoff streak. Oh, Grizz had been in the playoffs 17 terrible. years in a row, won the league 12 times was, in a row. It was, uh, it was a bad day. And so you have that taste in your mouth, and then we come back. Um, 10, 11, and then I hurt my shoulder, and that's when I took the that's medical That's right. You redshirt. and Brock, I always forget you guys didn't redshirt your yeah. freshman years. You guys played, played right away yeah, and then redshirted did. later. That's oh, right. Oh, man. I want to talk about Coach Hawk being hard on some guys now. <laughs> <laughs> Be a true freshman playing yeah, football. Right? <laughs> um, man, he's, he's such a great coach. And, and you see that uh, in this team. And, 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 you know, going forward when we played him in, in 12 at home again and then on 13 again on, on the road and, and won, um, Obviously, we beat them more than we lost to them, but you never want to lose to them. And they had some great teams. And I think that I think that generation of of uh, Bozeman had really brought up Cody Kirk, Daenerys For sure. McGee, yep. Tanner Bleskin, all those yep. guys. They really turned a corner there. And now this rivalry game, I mean, it's big. We got, I mean, three and four in the country scoring off in a huge rivalry game. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the biggest games in the country this week. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it is one of the biggest games in the country, all of college yeah. football. There's no yeah. doubt uh, about it. I mean, what's it take to get yourself prepared to go play in, in hostile territory? You know, it when you're young, um, a young player, and you maybe haven't had a lot of exposure to an atmosphere like that, your emotions can get the best of you. Totally. And like Coach Houck. I want to say you said it before, but I mean, sometimes it can bring the worst out in you. And and what that means is you start losing your details and details win games. The, the, the more detailed team who executes better, who protects the ball, 
who converts on third down, wins two-minute, red zone, fourth quarter. I mean, those are the teams that win, and in order to do that, you got to keep those emotions under control and not let the atmosphere affect you. It's going to affect you, but how can you control it? And when you have experience and guys who've been exposed to this type of atmosphere, I think that definitely helps. Tony Tripp in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, all right, let's break down this game then. Yeah. It's been fascinating to watch the, the last handful of years because one of, if not the primary matchup in the game, has been the same, even with the Bobcats changing coaches. And it's been wild to see because Coach Houck's teams have always been known, first and foremost, for stopping the run, yeah. playing great defense, and the Grizz have not been able to slow down the Bobcat run game at all. I do see them doing a whole bunch of different stuff defensively. They have the same sort of front, right? Yeah. That stuff's similar, but they're doing a whole bunch of different coverage stuff. The run fits look a lot different to me mm-hmm. as well. But, I mean, just break down that matchup for us. Yeah, I mean, I've had the fortunate ability to sit on my couch and watch a lot of football. Uh, <laughs> it's this, crazy getting from that year, angle, though, right? And um, I've had the opportunity to watch Bozeman quite a bit, and they're very multiple just like they were last year. They're doing a little bit of different stuff this year. For sure. Um, inside, but it's it, again, it's very similar. They're very multiple. I mean, all their personnel groups and their zone slide, but the plus one run game with the quarterback, and then they're creating gaps by pulling people, inserting. Um, and then something that you got to remember too, they have a ton of Y-pop stuff where they're doing the RPO and popping it to the tight end. And that puts... You know, whether you're cover three or cover four, and you got the linebacker in the box, and he's yep. got to respect the run, his quarterback responsibility, but he's got a tight end or slot going vertical, it puts you in a bind, and those guys can make those throws. So, you know, between Malott and Chambers, they both can run, they both can throw. Um, and the gaps that they're creating is uh, is something that you, in my opinion, you got to be on your details. You got to know who's quarterback responsible, That's right. if you're inside or outside fit. Who's got the slot? Who's your? I mean, where's your next help at? That's, in my opinion, that's what wins these games. Is you win it Monday through Friday. Yep. In your preparation, you can't. If if you're guessing against a team like that, you're wrong. I mean, it, you're going to get gashed. You're going to get somebody left up the seam for a touchdown. That's the per- craziest part about all this. El- these RPO elements that are in these oh modern offenses, right? Is if the quarterback makes the right read, it's almost impossible to be wrong. It's hard. It's hard. And. Um, one thing that helps a lot is assignment football, but you got—I mean—you got to have speed. And if and, and if you can play assignment football with a fast and physical team, um, you can get off the field. But if you play assignment football and maybe you take the wrong st- or or you, or you take the wrong step against a good team, it's too late. You know, um, they keep drives alive. They convert on third down. It's it's a long day for the defense. You got to make sure you study your details all week so you can go out and execute. Since Bobby Houck returned before the 2018 season, they've had they've had some good years. I thought 2019 they were really good and uh, 2021 certainly a good team and then they ran into a buzzsaw, James Madison. Last mm-hmm. year certainly uh, a lot of talent but there's kind of a disappointing year. But I, I do think that when Coach Houck was first hired back this year, what they have going right now is the is how the people expected it to go. And now the one thing that's missing is a win over the Rouse. So, I mean, what do you think of just like the magnitude of this for the Grizz? The mag, I mean, the magnitude is great. And I, again, like I said, as a as a fan, it's fun to sit on this side of it because you do understand the magnitude. I'm not saying you can't as a player or a coach, but you got to treat this like any other week and, right. and try to control those emotions so you can go out and perform at your highest level. But I mean, you want to get down to brass tacks. It's huge implications. I mean, playoffs, um, winning the rival game. I mean, for, for for the players, for the coaches, playoffs going forward. I mean, the Big Sky Championship. It's it's a huge game, man, and it's sweet. I mean, this is how it should be. This is what Montana football is. Every every fan expects it to be this way, just like you said, as they should. And every coach and player from from here that has ties here, I mean, expects it to be this way. So. This is, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more as a fan, as a player, as a coach. I mean, you're right where you want to be. It's going to be awesome. Jordy Tripp yeah. in studio with us here on Nuwana's Now. Big Sky High School alum, former number 37, former All-American uh, for the Grizz. All right, I'm not asking you to make a prediction. I'm just going to say this. The Grizz win this football game if? If, well, I kind of already said it. Grizz win this football game if they protect the ball. Yep. Execute their assignments. Yep. 
and shot down the run game. I mean, they got to get off the field on third down, and they got to control the clock. That's that's my opinion. If if I'm Montana, I am running the ball. I'm snapping it with five seconds left. I'm keeping it out of their hands. I got to get the run game going, keep their offense off the field, and we got to get off on third down, and we got to protect the ball. I mean, we don't have to have a huge day. We just, we protect the ball, convert on third down for ourselves, stop the run game. Um, good things are going to happen for the Grizz. It's going to be sweet. High noon. Watch the Grizzly Stadium here in the Garden City. Thanks for coming by, man. Good to see you. Great to see you. Awesome, man. We'll talk some high school state championships, including the big-time matchup with one of the teams down in the Bitterroot, except for why the heck aren't they playing at home? It's a Class B bylaw, yet still the Forest Falcons gunning for a third straight state title. We'll break it all down next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, but not today. So if you want to stream the show, head on over to 1029ESPN.com or just turn on your TV and get it over to SWX. I'm Coulter Nuanez. What a fun week already, and what a great weekend it's going to be. I, I do say, this is my this is my rant that I always have this this uh, time of year. I don't know what the solution is, but we got to find a solution to not have all the high school football state championships on the same weekend as the rivalry game between the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. We, we just got to do it. I don't know if the high school season starts a week early so they can get them done last week or if it's a week late. I know that, then that interferes with Thanksgiving. I know that, but regardless, it's just, it's a, First of all, it's unfair to all the high school athletes. It's really hard on any of the parents that are involved in any of this. I guess you, you, there's so many people that love football and love the celebration of young people and love competition. And there's the whole media element as well in terms of the coverage of all this stuff. That it's everybody's losing here, right? There's so many people that are going to go to the high school games instead of come to the rivalry game or instead of watch the rivalry game. And that's the right choice. If you had a kid playing one of these, that's you should. On, this, on the other hand, like I've been completely immersed. We've been talking as much high school football as we can because I don't want these young men to get overshadowed. But like on Saturday, I'm going to be fully immersed in Montana, Montana State. I'll be checking the scores for the, the high school stuff, but... It's it's just it's too bad. It really is too bad. On a more positive note, though, how about a bitterroot breakdown presented by Farmer State Bank? Farmer State Bank been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Florence going for their third straight Class B state championship. There has never been a Class B team that has won three straight state championships. There's been 15 teams overall that have won three straight state championships and all the way up to as many as seven. That's a, a mark that's never going to be replicated. Sydney won seven straight Class A state championships between 1987 and 1993. Unbelievable. Never happened in Class B, though. Florence, they're one win away. The way that this works, though, the reason they have to play in Manhattan is there's sort of this pre there's predetermined uh, hosting for different regions within Class B. And because Florence has hosted the last two years, they don't get it this year. So even though they're the top seed, they're undefeated, and they're the two-time defending champs, they got to go to Manhattan. This should be a, a phenomenal game, though. Manhattan's definitely one of the t- toughest teams in the state. They've won 10 in a row after dropping their opener to Loyola. And uh, Manhattan always has hard-nosed, tough uh, well-disciplined, well-coached teams. They have forever multiple iterations of coaching staffs, and they still are always really competitive and have uh, a pretty similar identity. I mean, Manhattan's about I don't know, it's about 20 minutes outside of Bozeman, but it's, it's a distinctly agricultural 
you know, working class type community. There's a lot of ranch land there in Manhattan, and and you got kind of the, that ranch hand cowboy type attitude with those guys, and and I think that's why they always are a tough, hard nosed team. Florence is just so good defensively. I mean, they have just been lights out with their defense, and it's been so impressive to watch. And then they've been very opportunistic and explosive at times with their offense as well. I don't know if very many people, I think everybody thought Florence was going to be good coming into this year. I don't know if anybody thought after losing all they've lost over the last two years that they'd be undefeated and arguably maybe even the best team that they've had over the last three years. But that's because this is a team. They have they have the most continuity, I think, the most uh, complimentary style of football. And that's what's got them knocking on the door uh, of a third straight state championship. So state championship games will play out uh, across the state of Montana. We will have new state champions in Class AA because Helena Capital got knocked out last week. So Kalispell Glacier versus uh, Bozeman High School, the top seeds from each side of the bracket. They'll square off in Bozeman on Friday night. In Class A, uh, that game's a uh, Saturday game now. Uh, Dillon will host Columbia Falls. Dillon's undefeated in the top seed out of the West. Columbia Falls the fourth seed out of the West, but certainly one of the hottest teams in that bracket. So we'll have a new champion there because Lewistown was knocked out last round by Dillon. In B, got a chance for a three-peat there with the Falcons. Class C, eight-man. Belt remains alive uh, in the eight-man bracket. If they can get past Fairview, they'll have back-to-back state championships. And at the six-man level... Freud Lake, they are uh, they actually are not the defending champs. I misspoke a little while ago. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I, I claimed that they were the defending state champs. They, they're they gunning for their third in the last four, but actually Big Sandy won the six-man state championship last year. Freud Lake won uh, two years ago and three years ago. So they're gunning, gunning for three out of four, and they'll take on Centerville. More high school football talk in hour number two as well as tomorrow, but we are out for hour number one, back with hour number two. Brooks Nuanez, key rivalry matchups, analysis of the betting line, plus we'll play some guest the lines NFL style. Sean Sampson, All-American Montana State Center, also coming up in hour number two. Keep it right here. Nuanez now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.